And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, he scores! Martina Kucherov wins it in overtime! Saved by Vasilevsky, and he keeps it out of the net. Reaching behind him, he had it in his glove. Now for a feed in front of Cavalier, scores! Cavalier has won it in overtime! Steven Stamkos has reached 60 goals! Welcome to another episode of Lock On Lightning, part of the Lock On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. How's everybody doing? Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope everybody's having a great day. On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we'll be talking about last night's loss. Um, we'll be discussing everything that went wrong, everything that Lightning did right, uh, right and wrong, as well as what the Panthers did. I mean, they are just an incredible team. But first, let me take a minute to tell you about that the new podcast that is coming to Locked On Podcast Network, or is actually, matter of fact, already here. Locked On Podcast Network's got a new podcast that will help you get hockey smart. That is the Cross Check Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on the ice. Follows the Cross Check Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we'll be recapping last night's game. Uh, as of late, we haven't really been doing the regular recaps that we are accustomed to in the past. I like this format. I I feel like some people tend to kind of get tired of the format that we did in which uh, I would go along and basically go goal by goal and all that stuff. Uh, maybe in the playoffs, obviously, we're going to have to kind of go more in depth if the game kind of calls for it and all that. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, last night's game, uh, Lightning were once again down. Uh, a couple of guys, they had Hedman, Palat, and Goodrow out. They announced pregame that Palat would also be out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Uh, Ruda is back in the lineup, and Tampa also threw out Jamel Smith, uh, Bear Boulay, and Danny Walcott, who made his NHL debut. And with that, with Smith and Walcott being on the same line as Matthew Joseph, the Lightning became the first NHL team to start an all-black player line. And I think Coach Cooper summed it up perfectly post-game saying that hopefully in the future, not too soon, or just going forward. And, you know, mind you, I am loosely uh, saying his quote that hopefully this kind of thing going forward uh, is not really newsworthy in the sense of it becoming a normal thing. Um, Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that this is something that is great for the sport of hockey uh, with everything that has gone on with over the past year and everything that has come to light over the past year with, you know, all the unfortunateness that has surrounded race and all that and the National Hockey League. And uh, hopefully, you know, I, I think this will open up the door to more players uh, of color in the future. And this won't be as rare of a thing as it is right now. Uh, so to start off early on, you know, I, I kind of going back to yesterday's episode, I said that the Lightning need to get off to an early start. Uh, they needed to play a little bit more grind them out hockey. They needed to, and, and they also, you know, they did some good things in the prior game in which they lost, but uh, 
you know, with them being down so many key players, it was going to be tough for them. Uh, I tweeted pregame that the Lightning, you know, win or lose, I just wanted to see a good effort and a good game out of them. And we did see certain spurts and certain shifts in which we got that from this team. And, but really, you know, the one thing that I have been preaching on this show all season long is consistency. And that's something that the lightning have really lacked throughout this entire season. And that is pretty much the reason why as to why they finished where they did in the standings. Uh, So early on, Matthew Joseph drew the double minor penalty for high sticking and has to leave the bench with a cut right near his eye. He came back. Thankfully he was all fine. Uh, But, and, and the lightning had a four minute penalty they had a great chance and they did absolutely nothing in this game on the power play. Um, prior game, they had the, they were on the power play five times, did not score a goal. They were on the power play four times in this game, did not do anything either. Uh, and they, they shot themselves in the foot with this early chance early on with, you know, with a minute 46 left in the power play, Sergachev takes an interference penalty. Now I understand you know, if you look back at the tape and you see this penalty, this is kind of a his reasoning when he was complaining to the refs was that, well, you know, I don't remember who the Florida player was, but him shoving the player down after he had the turnover. Um, his reasoning was, well, you know, if I don't do what I do in that situation, Florida has a breakaway and all that's what I was doing was stopping the breakaway. But, um, you know, it's a soft call, but it's something that, you know, as of late and pretty much, you know, has been the story all season long. The refs haven't really been calling much in favor of the Lightning uh, in terms of calls going their way. But, you know, what are you going to do? The Lightning have to adjust when they get the chance when, when these kind of calls come up. Uh, Panthers got on the board first uh, with a wrister from Mackenzie Weger. This was a very savable shot, I think, for Vasilevsky. Uh, the last couple of games, you know, even though the Uyghur shot was an absolute rocket, Vasilevsky has had some holes in his game over the last couple of games. Um, I don't know whether or not we could chalk that up to fatigue, uh, and and maybe we'll see a different kind of Vasilevsky once the playoffs start this Saturday or Sunday. Um, with the time off, I would imagine he's clear, he's going to skate and practice here and there, but I think that Cooper is really going to give him some time to, to get his head on straight. And I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, also you could chalk this up to the fact that, you know, you have your top guys out like, like Hedman and McDonough. And, but at the same time, if you look at the shot, there's really not much, uh, obstruction to Vasilevsky's view. And so that's why, like, it's a little troubling to me. And I think some Lightning fans are a little nervous about what kind of Vasilevsky they're going to get in the playoffs. I fully expect him to be same old playoff Vasilevsky, same dominant Andre Vasilevsky that we saw in the beginning of the season. At the same time, you do need to keep in mind what kind of play he's been putting out in recent games. He is... Not only the fact that he's been giving up a lot of goals, but how he's been giving up those goals should be a little bit eye-opening to you. They have been to me. Uh, He's looked very human over the last couple of games and uh, given up nine nine goals in his last two games, and that's very troubling. So uh, just keep an eye on that going forward. And, you know, if there's any updates in 
in practice, of course. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely dig into my ties to the Lightning, see what they see in practice, and we'll definitely talk about it going forward. Um, having said that, you know, I, I've also said pretty much throughout the, in, the entirety of this podcast from day one when this show launched that the Lightning have needed to do a better job of reacting to adversity. And for the most part, after that goal from Uyghur, they did a very good job of being patient in the offensive zone. Um, there's no need, and, and, I've, and I've tried to drill this in, into the brains of all of you. The Lightning have been very impatient going into the zone. They, with especially with Florida, they insist on basing their offensive attack on the rush, which with a team like Florida who has proven countless times throughout this season that they could skate with Tampa, I've said that they need to change it up. And there's no need to constantly base your attack on the rush, especially you know in this situation. You need to go into the zone and set things up. And I think that the Lightning have finally started to realize that. And we saw that quite a bit more often in this game where they don't just shoot the puck from the top of the circle on the rush, where they actually skate into the zone. They get the puck behind the net. They get it along the end boards. They cycle it around, and they really entrench themselves in that attack. And I really think that that's going to be a huge factor going into this on upcoming playoff series, that the Lightning really need to focus on that. They need to change things up because, you know, I, I think I stated it, it past, you know, to, on, on a couple of shows. And the old saying is, is that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And the Lightning need to realize that. Um, another thing that I've been kind of harping on all season long, and I, if you're a regular listener, you know, I don't harp on these things. I don't constantly talk about them unless there's really a huge reason as to why it's going to happen. And if it doesn't change, it will happen. And probably 10 times out of 10, I am 100% right. And I know that was very, um, that was an oxymoron or whatever the saying is. But uh, how long have I been saying on this show that Andre Vasilevsky has been very careless with the puck this season and if he continued that, especially near the trapezoid, that that was going to lead to a goal. How many times? I mean, you could go back at least two months to this season to which he has done that. Um, there are times when he goes out of the net to retrieve the puck, and it's just like he's skating around pregame. And, and I don't know what's going through his head in those situations. I don't know if he thinks that, you know, players aren't going to try and skate up to him. And we've seen in each situation um, over the past couple of times that it's happened. I mean, it hasn't happened as frequently as it did in the beginning of the season, but each time he's, he's being more and more careless with it than he was in the previous attempt. And he finally turns over the puck in this game and it leads to a goal. Um, and, and, when is he going to learn? When when was the coach? And I'm not blaming the coaching staff. This solely falls on Vasilevsky. I mean, it's common sense. This is something that we saw years ago with Mark Andre Fleury when he was started out in Pittsburgh. Uh, how many times that kind of play led to goals, especially in the playoffs, and it did. You know, the Lightning were starting to play very well 
in this game after that Uyghur goal. And then he goes and does that. And 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 Brian Ingblom said on the broadcast that it was the Lightning's job to go out and, and get a goal back for him. No, it wasn't. It's Andre Vasilevsky's job to not go out there and turn over the puck and be nonchalant with it near the trapezoid. And and I really expect better out of him in that situation. I don't care if it's the last game of the season. Um I, I don't go go back on the goal. I don't know what he is doing. Um I haven't I didn't hear anything in post game that where he spoke about it, but that was just that was embarrassing and and he needs to be better in that. That hands down. Uh, so down two nothing going into the third. Tampa needed to get off to a fast start, and they didn't. And they didn't. Um, Lightning have countlessly needed fast starts, good starts to periods, needed to win periods in order to to even keep themselves in games, and they haven't done that. They've they have not done that at all all season. Consistency has not been there. Um, discipline has certainly not been there. Uh, we've seen sh- certain spurts of it, yes, and, and but it all comes down to consistency. And and if you can't carry over a certain type of play, period to period, game to game, shift to shift, it doesn't matter how talented you are. And that really falls on the leaders on this team. I hate to say it. I know Hedman wasn't in the lineup. I know. Palat wasn't in the lineup. Stamkos has been out. Kutrov's out. But that really falls upon Vasilevsky. That falls upon Point. That falls upon Gord. Those are the leaders on this team. Those are the guys that need to, that especially Gord and Point, need to, to yell at the other guys in the locker room between intermissions or on the bench and say, guys, let's get it together. Come on. And, and that's what I, I am looking for out of this team. I need to see someone with some fire underneath their belly to go out there, play angry, need to take control of the game. Uh, I stated on the past episode that it was very important for Braden Point uh, to go out there and really take this team and put him on his back like he did last postseason. And I know it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Uh, He was the leading scorer on this team, so he's very capable of doing it. He doesn't also just need to score. He needs to score when the Lightning need it. Um, I don't have the exact numbers right in front of me, and I'll definitely get, I'll probably try and figure that out between now and the next episode, and I'll get that out to you guys. But I'm really curious if we were going to dissect his scoring this season, mainly the goals. What percentage of the goals were in situations where the Lightning needed a goal to either tie the game or take the lead? And what percentage of those goals were when the Lightning were already ahead or when they were three, four goals back? I'm very curious, and, and I'm not discounting the talent of Braden Point. I am simply stating that the Lightning need him to step up because they can't, in order for them to be successful going into this upcoming playoff series against the Florida Panthers, because let's make no mistake, I think we could all probably see right now that the Florida Panthers aren't no joke. They're the real deal. Um, I, I think they, they could have very well have, have taken this division uh, if it weren't for the Hurricanes really, you know, uh, piling up the points in the middle of the season. So we'll continue more about this uh, going forward. And, and just to, you know, throw it in the back of your heads that this is also the second time all year in which the Lightning have lost three games in a row. Um, that's not something to be celebrated. Uh, that's 
I, I would be worried, which I am. And I think you should be as well. So we'll continue our talk in uh, just a little bit. But first, let's talk about one of today's sponsors, and that is Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. You know, if I I have, you know, I, I when I've invested a little bit here and there in the past, I, I watch it every single second. It's super stressful. So, you know, take the stress out of your life. You probably already have enough already. Give it up to Wealthfront because they are the best. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion in assets, and you could get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. It's that easy. Grow your wealth the easy way and get Wealthfront to do all the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, and we are back continuing our discussion about last night's game as, as well as. Basically, I, I would have to say probably the ongoing discussion that we've been having on this show all season long, and that is consistency. The Lightning have basically had no consistency this season. Um, they have not been able to play the very good teams well on a consistent basis. Um, you know, you could look at their, their game log from this season and say, well... They have a lot of lopsided games in which they've won. Yes, but if you look at the opponents, Dallas, Chicago, uh, pretty much that's it. Uh, those are the two teams the Lightning have have really beat up on all season long. Lightning have not played well against the Red Wings. I don't know what it is about that team. And this dates all the way back to last season. The Lightning do not play Detroit well. And thankfully, Detroit is not in the playoffs, so the Lightning won't have to worry about them. But they have to worry about Nashville. They have to worry about Carolina. And, of course, they have to worry about Florida. Uh, right now, of course, the the main focus is the Florida Panthers, who they just got their butts beat by twice in a row. Uh, and they have to play against them for at least four games. I hope it's a little longer than that. I would expect the Lightning, with all the players that they'll be getting back by then, and all the players that they might not be getting back by then, most notably Barkley Goodrow, who is out indefinitely. Um, that's never a good sign when you hear that. Andre Palat is out. I still expect him to be back in the lineup by Saturday or Sunday. At this point in time, at the time of the recording of this show, there is no set announcement as to when these two teams will start their series. From everything that I've heard through the grapevine, it's probably going to be at least Saturday, Sunday. Um, so at least the Lightning have good, some good amount of time to kind of heal up, recuperate, and get back in shape for these games that they so does, and get the guys back that they need. 
Uh, just a summary of the season. Tampa finishes the season 36-17-3 with 75 points at the start of the season. I really expected this team to to finish at least in the 80-point mark. Uh, it seems like around the league, the 80-point mark is really where all the top teams finished. Um, I would have to say I'm not disappointed immensely with how they played this season. Uh, you have to give them a little bit of leeway considering Stamkos was out for a majority of the season. Kucherov is, has not played yet, um, and they've just had basically revolving doors of injuries, and that is pretty much due to the frequency of the schedule. I say at the beginning of the season that you know we it would be almost impossible to go through this entire season without any injuries and you know, the Lightning, even under normal circumstances, have always had issues with injuries. Um, so, yeah, uh, Stamkos and Kucherov, like I said, are set to be back and by Saturday or Sunday. And, yeah, this is going to cause some lineup issues for John Cooper going forward. He has a ton of decisions to make with how – and this all bases off, you know, if guys are healthy or not, which guys are able to gel together on certain lines. So I decided to jump the gun a little bit. Um, and this is based off of, you know, my personal preference. I'm sure Coach Cooper might have a little bit difference uh, with what how he pref- he prefers his lineup to look like on Saturday or Sunday against the Florida Panthers. Um, and this is on the basis of everybody else except Barkley Goodrow being healthy going into these games. So, and then Stamkos and Kucherov being 100% ready. So, this is what I think the Lightning lines, A, will look like and B, should look like going to this playoff series. So the first line, I think it's going to be plot point Stamkos. Second is going to be Kalorn Goid, excuse me, Kalorn Gord, uh, Kucherov, Maroon, Johnson, Coleman, Walcott, Joseph, Bear Boulay, where you could sub out Stevens and Joseph. Uh, and then you could also interchange Bear Boulay as well as uh, for Colton. And of course, Vasilevsky and Nett. For the defensive pairings, you could have Hedman Ruda with Shen, you know, coming in and out for Ruda, as well as Savard and McDonough, and then Sergachev and Chernak. That comes out to exactly, I believe, 23, 22 players, which is obviously the limit uh, for amount of players an NHL team can carry. So the reason why I have Shen kind of coming in and out for Ruda, and this is depending on whether or not, you know, if I was the head coach, uh, I'm going into this situation with his past injury history. I fully expect Ruta to go down once or twice throughout this playoff run. Um, that's just the way it is. That's just what you have to prep yourself for and your team. Um, but you also allow yourself to have kind of that gritty player in there that the Lightning need uh, with Shen um, on the defensive side of things. Uh, with Stevens and Colton, you also have that as well on your bottom forward line. With Stevens, Colton, and Shen, yeah, on the bench at Cooper's disposal, he'll be able to play the grind him out uh, play that we saw work in last night's game uh, for a short time. Uh, Lightning fans can't expect Walcott, Joseph, and Bear Belay to go out there and not get completely bullied because it will happen. Uh, having said that, Walcott, that's what really won me over with him. Last night, not not stepping down from a fight, not backing down from a fight with a grizzled vet. Uh, that showed me a lot of heart, a lot of toughness, and he did a lot of very good things on the ice. 
uh, especially off the puck as well. His positioning is very good. So to have him on a line that's interchangeable with Joseph Stevens as well as interchangeable with Bear Boulay and Colton, I think that is going to be a really, really crucial line, especially if you're moving Maroon up to that Johnson-Coleman line. Uh, because I think that's what it comes down to. I think each line is going to need at least one guy who could hold their own out there physically. Uh, for that top line, I believe that's 100% Palat, and the second line is 100% Gord. So I think that's the way the Lightning need to approach this, the way, same way that they approached last season's playoffs. So, um, you know, if you don't, if you go out there trying to play fast hockey, finesse hockey, Lightning are going to lose this series in four games, 100%. Um, if you go out there and try to grind them out, try to really take the game to them and be physical, I think the Lightning could at least, you know, have a very good chance of extending this series to seven games. I would be almost shocked if, if the Lightning go out there, not only win the series, which, you know, they, I'm not saying it's impossible, but they, they definitely can. Um, I don't think it's possible in four games, so... Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I've been talking with the host of Locked on Panthers. Uh, we should be coming out with a crossover in the coming days. Hopefully it's just about setting up a, you know, a time in which it both works for both of us. Uh, it's going to be an exciting playoff series, not just because of the implications of both teams meeting for the first time, them both being in-state rivals. I just think the way the two teams are stacked up and, and, you know, who they have and especially how the Panthers are playing. You know, they have something to prove. Lightning are defending champs. Uh, this is going to be a wild playoff series. I don't think it's going to end in four. Hopefully it doesn't. But, um, yeah, I definitely want to get uh, his take on how he thinks things will, will go in this upcoming playoff series. So let's talk about two of our other sponsors on today's show. First being betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of action. Uh, you got, you know, you got the NBA playoffs just around the around the corner. MLB is right in the thick of it, and the NHL playoffs are in, about to begin. And then you also have UFC and MMA action. So you got a ton of things to throw money on. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. That's how easy it is. And check out all the sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in on the game as the teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or on your cell phone and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with your promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And let's talk about another one of today's sponsors, and that is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Alrighty. So yeah, um, you know, it, it's it was a very disappointing loss, disappointing end to the season. Um, but we're finally here. You know, I I really wish the Lightning could have played better this season in the regular season. But this is where the games really count. This is where you know the Lightning can can kind of make up for some of the misfortune that they had in in the regular season. And there's no excuses once Kucherov, Stamkos, and all these guys are back. You have enough time to come back. I'd be very disappointed if we're on Saturday, Sunday, and we're hearing that some guys, especially Kuch or Stammer, aren't ready to come back, um, especially Stamkos. I mean, this team needs him. This team needs him desperately on the ice. Uh, Hedman has been really carrying the load all season long. And you could see it at certain points in the games. He's just standing there, almost trying not to shake his head as to what else he could do to kind of get this team rolling. Uh, Braden Point needs to wake up. I like I said, I I know he led the team in points and goals. First time in his career he's ever done that. Uh, but he needs to step up. And I will have those numbers because I I am really interested to see where he his points are going in terms of especially goals scored. Um, because, you know, it doesn't help the team if you're only scoring when it really doesn't matter. I mean, let's face it. Let's be honest here. Yes, in the grand scheme of things, goals are meaningful to a team no matter when or how they happen. But at the end of the day, if you're only scoring goals when your team is up by one or two goals, if you're patting the lead or you're scoring when really the the game is out of reach, um, you're not really helping yourself nor your team. You know, this team really needs guys to step up in situations, whether it's early on in the game or or in times when they're down a goal. Uh, I stated on a couple episodes back as, yes, the Lightning are one of the best teams, one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL, in which when they score goals in the first period. And that's great. But I also said with that, you also have to take it with a grain of salt and, and, and think to yourself, how many times this season have we not seen the Lightning score in the first period? And then how many times have we seen the Lightning score in bunches in the first period and then eventually give up the lead? And I and I, I guess that's the takeaway that I'm going to leave all of you with on, on today's episode. And then we'll pick it up on the next episode because I'm really going to kind of do a deep dive into the numbers with that, especially with uh, number 21 here on the Lightning because, listen, um, you know, we could all be excited with Cooch and, and Stammer being back as well as, you know, getting all the other guys back who are going to be healthy and ready to go. But if 21 doesn't buckle down and do what he needs to do, I don't see this team being able to beat Florida. And I hate saying that, but I that's the God honest truth. I, if Braden Point needs to step up, this is his year in which he was he should have been able to build on what he did last season. Um especially in the playoffs. And, and this is the season, especially with Stamkos going down at some point, which we all kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, no fault to him, as well as Kucherov being out for the long run. This was really when when Braden Point needed to step up and be that guy. And, you know, the numbers don't tell you everything. So uh, we'll definitely pick that up on the next episode and talk about that and really get a, a grasp into where Point's goals are going and where they're really contributing, if they're contributing at all, to Lightning's performance and success. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.